stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Well, good afternoon, friends. I want to begin with this today because it needs to be mentioned and it should be remembered. And for whatever reason, I think this makes some people uncomfortable or some people would just as soon forget. But I don't think we can shrug about what happened a year ago today. I don't think we can pretend it was no big deal. And we certainly shouldn't forget that it happened. It should not be controversial at all to commemorate the victims, to remember the victims of a terror attack. And what other context would that be controversial? It was this day, one year ago today, January 29th, 2017, six Canadians, six Muslim Canadians were murdered, were murdered because of their religious beliefs for no other reason. And so they should be remembered. 39-year-old Ibrahima Berry, 42-year-old Mamadou Berry, 60-year-old Khaled Belkasemi, 44-year-old Abu Bakr Thabti, 41-year-old Abdul Karim Hassan, 57-year-old Azadeen Sufyan. Those six individuals, those six Canadians were murdered last year in what was a racist act of hateful terrorism. Now, there are some, I think, unfortunately, take more of a selfish view of all of this or somehow make themselves up to be the victims. That by the government acknowledging this, somehow the government is saying that, that they are, by extension, racist or responsible for what happened, and that hurts their feelings. I think you need to get over that. This is not about you unless you are a part of the problem, which in a likelihood you aren't, or at least I certainly hope you aren't. Now, there are those who are going to exploit this tragedy. Frankly, any tragedy that has any element of politics to it, I suppose, is open to be exploited. And maybe this is no different. But maybe it's being exploited both ways. I don't think you can deny that racism exists, that intolerance exists, and that what happened last year was a manifestation of that. But maybe we should all look in the mirror and say, well, are we a part of the problem or are we a part of the solution? Maybe we have to pick one. So I think it is an opportunity to acknowledge what happened a year ago, to try to understand why it happened, how it happened, and to say that it should not happen again. Statement today from conservative leader Andrew Scheer, I think, puts it well. The shooting was an act of terror that shook the region, the province, and the entire country. The victims were fathers and sons, brothers and husbands. They went to pray and never returned home. It was for that act of practicing their faith freely that they were murdered in cold blood. This should not happen in Canada. Our country has always been a home for those seeking freedom and a better life. It must always be a place where believers of all faiths should feel safe and secure in their worship. Attack like this one is attack on those very principles, those that have stood the test of time for which we have fought around the world. All Canadians must feel secure in their communities. They must feel safe, living freely and practicing their faith. An attack on their places of worship is an attack on the religious freedoms that we should all enjoy. We must therefore always be ready to defend our society, its tolerance, and its freedoms from those who seek to undermine them. 
And I would add that those who seek to undermine them come in many forms. And we should be on guard against all of them. But the gunman who undertook these murders last year, who did what he did, is a part of that problem. So we remember the victims who were murdered in Quebec City a year ago today. Uh, all right, moving on. Something else that certainly should not happen in this country or anywhere else. We've been talking a lot about some of the allegations that have been coming forward, allegations of sexual misconduct, harassment, inappropriate behavior by powerful individuals. And that includes now former cabinet minister, still a member of the Liberal caucus, mind you, Kent Hare, Calgary MP. Story from over the weekend from uh, Emma Graney of the Edmonton Journal. Kristen Wadworth was afraid to go home Saturday night. Now, she is the woman who came forward initially with allegations of harassment against Kent Hare. Now she wishes she had never said a word. Raworth was greeted with broad support when she tweeted allegations about Hare Wednesday night. That has since turned to death threats on social media and email, threatening voicemails left on her work line, calls to people close to her saying they're going to track her down. The final straw was Saturday when a note was shoved under her door at home. Shut the F up, it said, or we're going to come after you. This is what it's come to, ladies and gentlemen. This young woman is now under the watch of legislature security. She has been told not to be alone. Think about that for a moment. Someone who had the courage to come forward and talk about what happened to her at the hands of a politician is now facing death threats and has been assigned a security detail because she came forward with this. It doesn't matter what your political stripes are. It doesn't matter what you think about Kent Hare or Patrick Brown or any of these individuals or any of this controversy. That is completely and totally unacceptable, and we should all be sickened by it. So sad to have to report that. By the way, in the uh, nation's capital today, as Parliament resumes, they are debating a bill that would bring in new rules around harassment in the workplace for those working on Parliament Hill. And maybe that's something that is long overdue. Obviously, in the current climate of the Me Too movement and some of the allegations that have come to light, it gives some additional importance to the issue. Puts it in a much broader context as well. I want to play for you. This was quite remarkable. Calgary MP Michelle Rempel uh, rose in the House of Commons earlier today to speak to this bill, but really to speak to this broader issue we're dealing with in society today. And it was quite a speech. I, I don't have the time here to, to play all of it for you. Uh, I would certainly advise you to, to find it if you have an opportunity. I know Michelle was uh, live streaming it on Facebook as it was happening. Uh, we've reached out to Michelle Rempel. would love the opportunity to talk more uh, about all of this with her because she's got some very strong views on the subject. You know, the, the idea that somehow we're, we're in this, this era where anybody who's nice to somebody else is going to get accused of something, that we need to segregate the genders, all, all of this overreaction. Look, it's possible that this Me Too movement might get carried away, might get out of hand. But at the same time, we should also listen to what these women are saying and what they've had to go through and why any of that should be tolerated in the first place. So here's Michelle Rempel getting fairly emotional and, and worked up as she talked about these issues on the floor of the House of Commons today. 
can't believe that we're having this conversation. I really can't. You know, Mr. Speaker, I, the number of times in my career in the last six years that the number one media request in my inbox has been about someone committing some sort of indecency or somebody trying to get a partisan comment on which party is more virtuous in terms of this or how I feel about sexism. You know what I'm starting to say, Mr. Speaker? Why does my voice just have to be used on this? Why am I all of a sudden the key issue bearer on, why is every single one of my minister, uh, my colleagues, why is the Minister of Labour having to stand up and talk about this when there's so many other issues? This should be common sense decency that we treat each other with. You know, Mr. Speaker, the fact that we are spending the first day back, and, and look, this is an important debate, I'm not trying to diminish this, but the fact that we have to legislate this behaviour actually takes my voice away. It takes my, away my ability to talk about the economy or foreign affairs or any other issue today. The fact is, is that because we have people that feel that it's within their purview to act badly, to use their power and balance to silence and demean others, is disgusting. The fact that we have people still today that look at a woman who reports as a, 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 the, the first thing that they think of is political issues management is disgusting. The fact that we have young women, and I don't want to make this a gendered conversation or a heterosexual conversation because that would be under, that, that would be completely misconstruing the context here. The fact that we have people who feel that they cannot report abuse or that they have to work and live with abuse says that we have not achieved gender equality, that we haven't achieved some sort of utopia on feminism and worst of all, I'm sitting here, we're sitting here with the privilege of having certain rights that other people in the world don't. I can't imagine somebody, some woman, especially, for example, a Yazidi sex slave survivor watching this debate and going, oh my God, are we really talking about this? This bill isn't enough. It's a good step in the right direction, but you can't legislate bad behavior. You can't legislate someone choosing to use their, their influence or their power and balance to diminish someone else. So at the end of the day, we probably have to have more severe codes of conduct. Can't just be within political parties here either. We all know that the Me Too movement is going to head up to the press gallery. It's going to head up to the lobbyist community. It's going to go to the diplomatic corps. We've all sat around here and watched these things happen. And if we don't have that more difficult conversation, if we don't strip away the taboo from doing this, we are not going to fix this problem. And we're going to be here for years more talking about what else needs to change. And I'm tired of it. I don't want to sit in this place and have this conversation again. I don't want another woman to come into my office. This needs to stop and it needs to stop now. And it's every person's job in here, every person who's listening, to take on that personal responsibility of putting dignity and human rights ahead of abuse or their sexual desire. All right, powerful words from uh, Calgary Conservative MP Michelle Remble today in the House of Commons. And the Conservatives say they are going to support this uh, Bill C-65, but maybe propose some, some amendments to it. But, but on the whole, they believe that this is something that is needed uh, and they're going to work to help implement it. Look, there are still problems to be addressed. As I mentioned a minute ago, Kent Hare remains a member of the Liberal Caucus. Now, obviously, one woman came forward initially. She has faced death threats. There are now a total of three women who have come forward with complaints against Kent Hare. Yet he remains in the Liberal Caucus. There's also some embarrassment for not just the Ontario PC party, but also now the Federal Conservative Party concerning a former MP by the name of Rick Dykstra. 
Uh, Rick resigned over the weekend as president of the Ontario Progressive Conservative Party uh, because questions were asked of him about a complaint that was filed against him when he was still an MP in 2014. Now, this has proven a little awkward for the federal conservative party since Rick Steitzer was an MP at the time for the conservatives, was cleared to run in the 2015 federal election. Despite the fact that this incident had been reported to the party's whip and then to Ottawa police. So another day, more revelations, more people coming forward. 974-8255 is a telephone number, 974-TALK. Uh, coming up later on, we are going to hear from uh, David Aiken uh, with Global News. He is covering the resumption of Parliament today. Obviously, this issue casting a large shadow uh, over proceedings, as you can imagine. Uh, the Conservatives have been uh, chomping at the bit to raise some questions as well about the ethics issue, the findings last month of the ethics commissioner. Doesn't that seem like a long time ago? on that controversial Aga Khan trip, and uh, we'll find out a bit more about what's on the agenda in this session of Parliament. Uh, coming up after 1 o'clock, we're going to hear from one of the senators who was uh, on this committee that just produced a report today regarding autonomous vehicles. They say this technology is coming and coming fast and that Canada is ill-prepared for it. So we'll get into that coming up after 1 o'clock. A lot more to get to today. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.